0: Welcome to Storyhole. Hold the mayo. Hold the mayo. Welcome to Storyhole. Hold the mayo. <laughs> <Okay>. That's terrible. <laughs> it's going to be better than that. Roger, here's what I want you to say. Okay. Hi, my name is Roger, and I think I'm the best storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I Hi. can do that.
1: <laughs> Hi, welcome to Storyhole. I'm Roger. I think I'm the best storyteller. My name is Kevin.
0: I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the best storyteller. My name is Joey, and I'm I'm the best storyteller.
1: <laughs> I want to take a minute this week uh, and talk to you guys about something that I'm I'm kinda worried about. Is it those warts? <laughs> <laughs> it's the warts. What are those? Nobody gets worried about warts. Uh, Kevin. What? You should be worried about those warts. No, it's fine. <laughs> no, what I'm worried about is do you do you guys feel like maybe you're at risk? for selling your souls to the devil um uh, yeah yeah
2: um yeah but i there was a party in like post college where we went around collecting extra souls i did that in high school really yeah so we, we all we're all like soul rich right now we could probably just we have some extras to sell probably huh yeah so what's
1: what, what would it cost what's it going to take to get to get a soul out of you um i'll do anything for the right price <laughs> oh shit that's how you got those warts, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, it was worth I it. I don't know what I'd sell my soul for. I don't know because I'd be afraid. I don't I don't know what I, how I feel about stuff like religion and stuff. So I don't know what I, ooh, I'd i be too scared. It's a big gamble. Yeah. What
1: about eternal life?
2: Uh, I don't want to live forever, though. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm more like a, a candle burning up both ends twice as bright, you know? Go half as long, half as long. That's true.
0: Candle in the wind, Princess Day. Yeah. Rest in peace. (laughs) Rest in peace. Joey, would you sell your soul for uh, a guaranteed passage to heaven? Oh Oh, that's 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 sneaky.
1: That's really smart. I think you figured out the you figured out the riddle, Kevin.
0: All right, thanks for listening, everybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's it for this week. I think when you got to those pearly gates,
2: St. Peter would be like, Look, dude, you sold your soul to the devil though. So I mean you can't come in, you don't have a soul. And then it'd be like You pull out your coupon and it'd say, Good for one free heaven. Yeah, but it was written in crayon. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> the devil's crayon.
2: That's the worst. It's the worst kind. The
1: devil's crayon. Yeah. That's what I call my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going to take a look at the story of Faust. Uh, it's something that gets referenced a lot in, in a lot of like pop culture and other stories. And uh, there's even a phrase. Uh, uh, you ever heard of a Faustian bargain? No. If you hear somebody say that, that means like it's a, it's when somebody makes a deal without really considering the consequences of it, uh, and where that all comes from is the story of a scholar that sells his soul to the devil for secret knowledge of the world, and it's one of the first stories to really popularize the idea of selling your soul to the devil, which is an idea that becomes super common, right? It's like really popular in a lot of different stories. So we're going to talk about the story of Faust and where that concept of selling your soul to the devil comes from. Cool. Are we going to hear about what? what the secrets of the world were they wanted to know about? No, we'll get to that. He okay. never actually figures them out, so, ah, so no, geez. they're still
2: a secret. Bad deal.
1: Yep. Joey, do you know what this
0: Faust guy is? N- uh, No, not really. I don't either. Yeah. I'm fresh. Have you ever heard the name Faust? I have. I think so.
2: I have, but I, I, I don't know, but I don't really know. I don't really know much about anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: let's get into it then. Mm-hmm. Uh... This- The story of Faust is old. It's like hundreds of years old. Uh, And it's based on an actual living man, a historical man uh, that was alive in like the late 1400s, early 1500s in Germany, named Johann Faust. And the time that he was alive was right at that transitionary period between medieval Europe and the Renaissance. So it's kind of a time that straddles the change from mysticism and superstition of the medieval period into the more kind of scientific academic worldview of the Renaissance. Right. And, Faust is the perfect representation of that transition, because what Faust did in his life is he traveled around Europe providing two services, one as a medical doctor and the other as a sorcerer. So you could hire him to either like treat your disease or he could tell your future by reading some rat bones or something. So he he embodied both those things. He was both like a, a man of science and a man of magic. What a renaissance, man. Yeah.
2: Well, like uh, between between uh, Renaissance and uh, – Between men. Big between men. <laughs> He's real tween. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, what does it mean to be a sorcerer in this time period? Um, this is, I never knew that was a real thing. <laughs> well, it's
1: not really. I kind of just chose the word sorcerer. He provided oh, okay. a, lot of, a lot of magic services. Um, okay. So things that were not at all based in in you know science at all. That's a pretty okay. cool concept because when I think medieval,
0: I think Merlin, which is like a wizard, mm-hmm. and when I think yeah. Renaissance, I think making big technological and artistic leaps, which is perfectly he was like right in between
1: those two things. Yep. Uh huh. And as his life continues, he gradually adds more to his list of of, of magic services until he's really just offering some pretty wild straight black magic stuff like necromancy he advertises that he can perform necromancy if you hire him you mean like when you kiss up on a girl's neck (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah yeah they love that (laughs) (laughs) and he also starts to claim that he can perform any of Christ's miracles better than Christ did holy shit so if you have if you have a bunch of water and you need some wine, just hire hire Johann Faust to come over. Um, super wine. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, that quickly catches the attention of the church, right? No kidding. And they're not too excited about that. So he gets labeled as a blasphemer and they accuse him of being in league with the devil and he gets banished from a bunch of cities. Nobody will let him in. And eventually, probably around the age of 60, Johann Faust explodes. He blows up. <laughs> and he dies conducting experiments with alchemy. And when something goes wrong, he's mixing a bunch of chemicals. He accidentally blows himself up. Cool. And the accounts at the time that talk about just how gross and mutilated his body was after the explosion, the people chalk that up to being the devil that came back to claim his soul and just ripped apart his body at the same time. After that, the stories of Faust kind of spread across Europe as these tales uh, of, of a doctor that performed dark arts and was in league with the devil. And as the stories continue to grow and spread, other parts get added to it. Some of the stories, he has a uh, a magic dog that can transform into a manservant whenever he wants. Uh, there's a story about a chef who claims that, that Faust came into his restaurant and asked him to cook up these chickens for him. But when he handed him the chickens, they were clearly like, dead demons from some other dimension mm. <laughs> yeah. okay. that's still, really
2: funny he's kind of a so he's a doctor or dark a doctor a dark and, yeah. and he has a, a psychic who's a bark door
1: <laughs> yeah that's and, exactly and that. he's
2: also a chef <laughs> yeah.
0: if you guys had some demons and you wanted to see what they taste like you could walk into a restaurant and be like, <laughs> hey could you cook these for me chickens hey. yeah, i swear they're
1: chickens <laughs>
2: They probably taste like jerky, though, right? A demon? Yeah, they're probably rough and yeah, stringy. Suck. Yeah,
1: but as suck. Yeah. But as the story continues to grow, it turns into this lesson about really what happens when man's desire for knowledge and power leads him into dark places and the price that he has to pay for that. So let's leave the historical Johann Faust behind for a minute and take a look at the fictional story that becomes kind of most associated with the name and grows out of that that historical background. When we first see Faust, he's sitting alone in his study, and it's a dark and cluttered room. I uh, just picture piles of books everywhere on all kinds of topics, medicine, physics, astronomy, philosophy, because he's a man of learning. He's a man of, of science and math. But he's frustrated because he spent his life mastering all these things. But the limits of human knowledge have always held him back. He'll never understand the truth of how the universe actually works. No matter how much he reads the works of other scientists and other philosophers, he'll never truly understand the world. So he feels like he's he's wasted his life. You know, the years that he spent learning have been pretty much fruitless. So he's feeling hopeless, and he looks over to his table of, uh, of scientific equipment, and he spots a vial of poisonous chemicals. And he thinks, maybe he should just drink it. Maybe he should just end it all. If he's never going to get close to the truth of the universe, then what's the point of living? Before he drinks it, though, he spots a book. And not a book of science or math, but a book of magic and the occult. And he opens it and he studies some of the occult symbols. And he thinks that maybe there could be another path to knowledge. You know, If science and math have failed him, maybe magic could be a, could be a route to true knowledge. And with that thought, he puts away the poison and he goes to bed. I don't know if you if
0: you just sit in there and you've got a vial of poison on your desk. I think that's probably a dead giveaway that you haven't picked the right path. <laughs> yeah. what, what kind of life are you leading? You don't have poison on your desk right now? I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you, what do you have on your desk? I'd like to know. I've got a, a Riddler glass, a coffee <laughs> mug, and a Traveler coffee mug. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, those are, a lot of, those are a lot of mugs. Are there poison in any of them? Let me check real fast. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> Kevin, no. <laughs> so he goes to bed, and the next day he wakes up, and uh, he goes for a walk around town, and he's just thinking about that book of magic and how potentially he could use that to find knowledge. And as he's walking around, he notices a black dog is following him everywhere. And when he returns home to his study, the dog follows him home. And the whole day while Faust is working, the dog just sits there in the corner of his study watching him. And that evening, Faust takes a break from his science and his philosophy, and he decides that he's going to spend a little time translating the Bible from Latin into German, which is a a hobby of his, which is a terrible hobby. (laughs) But as he opens the Bible to start translating it, the dog just goes nuts, starts barking and growling and getting super aggressive. And that kind of tips Faust off that maybe... That mysterious black dog isn't what he appears to be. Wait. All right. What? Does he have a tail?
2: He does have a tail. Does he have two pointy things on the top of his head? <laughs> he does. Yeah, it's a dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Faust pulls the, the book of magic spells that he found off the shelf, and he, he looks up a spell that forces things to take their true form, and he gives it a shot. And then boom, the dog transforms into the devil. Uh, the dog was the devil all along. And the devil's name in the story is Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles has a wager with God that he can collect more souls than God can. And when he notices Faust, he sees a good opportunity there because it's a man who was on the verge of killing himself, so he's, he's clearly desperate, and he's a man that has a pretty strong, a uh, pretty strong desire for knowledge, right? And a desperate man with a strong desire. Maybe Mephistopheles can trick him into into selling
0: his soul. Mephistopheles thinks that he can beat God in terms of
1: soul capture. Yep. Mm-hmm. And is it a friendly wager, or is it like a? It's kind of a friendly wager. So in the beginning of Faust, uh, there's a scene where Mephistopheles is just kind of hanging out in heaven, and they're talking about Faust in particular. And God's like, you know, Faust is a good man. And the devil says, I could get Faust's soul. And God says, all right, prove it. So this is the first version of,
2: of the the early 2000s teen movies where there's the dorky girl. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and these two jocks,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I could make yeah. him hot, but in um, this case, it's the devil trying to make him bad. Um, and in reality, like Mephistopheles is super tricky. Like he knew that Faust would figure out that he was the devil in dog form, so he was just kind of hanging out there and waiting for it, so that when Faust does it. Faust is going to feel like he figured it out. You know, he's going to feel like he has the upper hand here. So he'll be more willing to make the deal. Sure. So Mephistopheles is super tricky. And they get to talking. So Mephistopheles explains who he is and he leaves out the part about him trying to get his soul. But there's kind of just kind of talking as a, as two acquaintances to get into to know each other. And eventually Mephistopheles makes him the offer. Mephistopheles says that he'll be his servant. He'll be Faust's servant. And he'll use his powers to supply Faust with whatever he wants to fulfill his desires. And in return, when Faust dies, Faust's soul will act as the devil's servant for all of eternity. And Faust thinks about that for a minute. And he's interested in the deal because he wants that. He wants that secret knowledge, right? But he decides he's going to change the deal a little bit. So he counteroffers. And he says that um, he'll only die on the day when all of his desires have been met and he no longer feels the need to strive for anything more so it's kind of a a catch so that the devil can't just kill him and collect his soul Faust has to make sure that he is actually completely fulfilled with all of his desires before he'll die and the devil agrees mephistopheles says that's a good deal and they shake on it and for Faust, he doesn't really believe in hell. He doesn't really believe in, like, eternity or anything. So he's not really sweating the deal that much, which seems... Does, does he realize that the de- that's the devil? The devil's in front of him? <laughs> yeah, it's a very questionable, right? <laughs> he's he's literally talking to the devil, but he's not convinced that it's real because he's a man of science. That's a smart so, man, he's, right? He's supposed to be a smart man? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's a smart man that makes some very questionable decisions. I, mean, I guess if yeah. that's what
2: he needs... He's on the verge of killing himself. This is all he ever wanted, and he's not even going to have that, then... I could see I could see him being like, all right, I don't believe in this, like whatever. It's worth a shot, I, I guess. Mean, imagine the things that you really want. Uh a Nintendo sixty four. Yeah. yeah. Man, I can get that for you. What, what's it going to take? What's your price? Name it. $25. Well, I want your soul on a piece of paper so that says I can have it. Okay. I'll have that for you in the morning.
1: I'll fax it over.
2: <laughs> can you just walk it over since we live together?
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fax it. Turn your fax machine on. Okay. <laughs> so they shake on the agreement. And ultimately what the deal is, is that Faust will get all of his desires fulfilled. And when Mephistopheles fulfills all of Faust's desires, that's the day that Faust will die and Mephistopheles will get his soul as a servant for all of eternity.
0: A second point, real fast, the, mm-hmm. to the ridiculousness of of him not believing in heaven and hell is the devil's in front of him. He also spends his, his free time translating the Bible into German. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. Why does he do that? <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. That's an excellent point. He's a, he's a man with uh, with odd hobbies for sure. So together, Faust and Mephistopheles strike out into the world and they go out to hunt Faust's fulfillment. So Mephistopheles' first stop is he takes him to a witch's hut out in the woods. And he asks the witch to make a potion for Faust. And the potion's going to turn Faust from a six-year-old man into a 30-year-old hunk. And Mephistopheles' theory is that this will help him enjoy the world a little bit better. It'll be easier for him to find his fulfillment if he's a a sexy 30-year-old rather than a gross old 60-year-old man. It's true. Yeah, that makes sense, right? So Faust is on board. He's like, yeah, that seems like a reasonable idea. He drinks the potion. He turns into a young hunk. So far so good. Yeah. They leave the witch's hut, and they're walking through the city streets. And Faust passes a girl in the street, uh, a girl named Gretchen. And Gretchen is young, and and she's pretty, and she's like a really good... She's just like a great person. And Faust instantly has a crush on her. Uh, Do you guys remember in Aladdin how... Aladdin was in love with Jasmine, right? Mm-hmm. And he had the genie, but the genie told him that he couldn't – he didn't have the power to make Jasmine magically fall in love with Aladdin,
0: right? You mean the whole plot to Aladdin? Yeah. Uh-huh. I,
1: I remember the plot to Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean Aladdin couldn't use one of his wishes to make Jasmine fall in love, right? Yeah. All the genie could do was make Aladdin look like a prince and give him a bunch of riches and stuff to maybe mm-hmm. help facilitate that love. It's the same thing here. Mephistopheles doesn't have the power to make Gretchen fall in love with Faust, but he can use his powers to hopefully help Faust seduce her. This is kind of a pickle for Faust. Now, On the one hand, he does want to seduce Gretchen because he's really into her. But on the other hand, he doesn't want to trick the girl into loving him using using the devil's magic. Right? That seems a little underhanded. Yeah. So he's debating it, and ultimately he agrees to go along with Mephistopheles. Uh, but at the same time, he's kind of rationalizing it. You know, He's maintaining that, yeah, he's taking advantage of the devil's magic to woo this girl, but he actually is in love with her. He does want what's best for Gretchen, so he's not tricking her necessarily. He's doing the right thing, even if he's doing it with the devil's power. So, Mephistopheles materializes a bunch of jewels and presents and and treasures, and he actually goes and he distracts Gretchen's mom for long enough that Faust (laughs) can sneak in and give all these presents to Gretchen. Do you know how? Uh, Yeah, actually, what what Mephistopheles does is he makes a sleeping potion, and he uh, he gives it to Gretchen, and Gretchen pours the sleeping potion into her mom's tea. And when her mom drinks the sleeping potion, she falls asleep, Uh, but in reality... It wasn't a sleeping potion. It was a death potion. Of course it was. Yeah, dude, that's, I, was, I saw that coming for sure. <laughs> yeah. Jesus.
2: Stupid. You killed your mom.
0: Gretchen's mom is just oh, dead. Oh, no. Yeah, uh-huh. That old hag was only going to get in the way of
2: mom. <laughs> but also, Gretchen, you barely know this guy. A stranger comes up to me on the street and says, Hey, hey, pour this in your mom's drink.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, Gretchen's <laughs> like, she's very innocent. She's very naive. And she's just like, she's very quick to fall in love with Faust, who's this, you know, brilliant young hunk. So uh, she also makes some questionable decisions, but they're always—they never come from a bad place. It's always because Mephistopheles or Faust kind of push her into it. I bet she's God. Uh, we'll see. That's a good—a good prediction. She might be. So with the devil's help, the plan works out perfectly, and Faust is able to seduce Gretchen, and uh, they sleep together. Can you believe it? Hell yeah! Definitely God. <laughs> And after Faust sleeps with her, uh, he loses interest. The next morning, he's like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> oh, shit. He's like, oh it turns out you were right. Uh, I was kind of lusting after her. I didn't really love her. So he doesn't really have to put up the fun about caring for Gretchen or anything anymore. And he just takes off. He just leaves her behind and he moves on. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And this is extra bad because on that night, Gretchen got pregnant. So now she's carrying Faust's child. And she's pregnant out of wedlock, which is a huge deal during this time period. It's going to bring, like, major dishonor, major shame to the whole family. Uh, Well, she doesn't have a family anymore, so... That's true. (laughs) She's got a budding family. (laughs) She has a brother, and her brother is a soldier. And the soldier pledges that he's going to find the guy that knocked up his sister and left her and dishonored the whole family, and he's going to kill him. So Gretchen's brother hunts down Faust... He challenges Faust to a duel, but Faust has the devil on his side, right? So when they start dueling, Mephistopheles guides Faust's blade straight into Gretchen's brother's guts and kills him instantly. That's terrible. Gretchen's uh, she's stuck in a terrible situation. She's abandoned by the man she's tricked into loving. She's pregnant. She's going to be a single mom. Everyone in that community hates her for being pregnant yes. out of wedlock. Her brother just got killed, so she's in a pretty dark place. She's feeling that's why I don't go on dates, man. It's not worth it, man. It's too dangerous. Yeah, someone's going to poison one of you. <laughs> Some,
2: somehow she should yes. sell her soul. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah,
1: that's true. If you're ever in trouble because somebody sold their soul and they're messing you up, you should sell your soul back. Yeah, mess them back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so she's feeling helpless and she's feeling feeling trapped, and she does something terrible. She does something desperate when the baby is born she drowns it what yeah she takes it to the lake and she drowns it she just can't bear the thought of raising this child especially you know the seed of faust the man who like ruined her life so she gets caught you know they find the dead baby in the lake gretchen's arrested and she's sentenced to be executed for her crimes she
0: just toss it out there um, skipping
1: she babies. tried to skip it <laughs> yeah she was skipping like a stone
0: did you yeah, say that to too i said skipping <laughs> babies uh, that's very good
2: <laughs> oh, I just said that she needs to start thinking more That's her problem <laughs> She's yeah. she making me angry as her father i don't I'm mad at her <laughs> think, think before you do
1: things mm-hmm. Damn it, I raised you better than that <laughs> you yeah. no, should have been more present in her life, I guess Yeah, that's true Meanwhile, Faust is just having a blast Do you guys want to guess where he goes uh, After he leaves Vegas, Bahamas uh, Close, he's at a witch's orgy oh. Hell yeah they still have those? Yeah, I think so. I could look one up for you. Thanks. Do you guys know what Whoppergus night is? No. Wa- Whopper's not? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, Tuesday. Tuesday is Whopper, Whopper night. Hey, today's Tuesday. We should get some Whoppers. <laughs> Let's go get yeah, some Whoppers, yeah. man. <laughs> We'll put this podcast on hold. We'll come back in a minute. (laughs) It's a German holiday. It's also known as Hexennacht. It's the night of April 30th, which is the exact opposite day from Halloween on the calendar. And just like Halloween, it's a night when the veil between the living and the dead is thin. The folklore of Walpurgis Night is that witches use this night to host a giant gathering up on top of a big mountain in Germany. And it's a night when the devil would come up and meet with them. And it's a holiday that's still recognized. It's celebrated in certain parts of Europe, mostly in Germany and parts of Scandinavia and Finland. Why don't we celebrate uh, that? And people dress up like witches. There's big carnivals. Kids cause trouble. Cool. Uh, it seems very fun. It seems a lot like Halloween. I want to do that. So fun. And on the same night, there's an opposite side to it also. The church tried to take over the holiday to make it more about fighting witches and less about celebrating witches. So if you're Christian you will gather together to burn witch effigies. You'll pray to St. Walpurgis, who's the patron saint of, of protection from witchcraft. I think they, should do,
2: they should wear white and blue to dis- make a distinction between the two. Like whether you're celebrating the witch side or the Christian side? Is that what you mean? Oh, no, just because there's like two. Because it's Halloween too, you know? It's a
1: black and orange. Revenge of Halloween. Yeah. It's the opposite colors. Yeah. What's the opposite of a pumpkin? A Whopper Burger. <laughs> Carve a whopper and leave it on the sidewalk. So,
2: imagine carving a bird. <burp. laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So Faust is uh, pondering killing himself because he doesn't understand the world well mm-hmm. enough. He gets this key from the devil, like he he gets this unlimited power from the devil. And what he does is he has sex with a stranger uh-huh. and then goes to an orgy. Yeah, that's uh-huh. what he's. That's what he does with his power. Yep. Okay, Faust.
1: <laughs> Faust, you're a wild man. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually an important part of the story so it's Walpurgis Night and Faust is up on the top of the mountain just spooching witches and he's having a great time he's just loving it and from here (laughs) sorry that was was terrible pick that up (laughs) and from here there's a split in the story there's two different endings depending on which version of the legend you're reading and things go very differently for Faust between those two endings originally the ending is pretty dark and it reflects the views of heaven and hell and, and religion for the people that were in Germany during the time when the story was originally written. Uh, and the Catholic Church during that time basically said that if you turned your back on God, you were doomed. There's very little you could do to save yourself. And, and that ending kind of reflects that idea. Later, though, the ending changes. It gets a lot more forgiving. And the reason for the second ending is because people's view of religion and forgiveness changed as well. As the population of Germany became more Protestant, they believed that if you found your way to virtue and righteousness and if you ended up close to God at the end, you could still be saved. So the two endings reflect these two views of what it takes to get into heaven. And we'll look at both. Let's start with the harsh Catholic one first. Yeah.
2: I was raised Catholic, so this is the one I want to hear. <laughs> actually, I was curious. I was like, why haven't I ever heard of this before? Yeah,
0: I um, was raised harsh, so I want to hear this one too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On the mean streets. Uh, in the harsh version, in the in the more Catholic version, Faust is damned. Like, he's, he's lost. He's become so blinded by earthly pleasures... Uh, really because of the bad guidance of Mephistopheles, that his desires have changed, right? Kevin, you you, you hit it on the head. Because the whole deal is that Faust's desires were to learn the secrets of the world. But now his desires are just French kissing witches. Because of (laughs) Mephistopheles' influence, because of the devil's influence, it's it's warped and, and changed what he wanted out of his life. And the whole deal is that as soon as Faust's desires were fully met, that's when he would die and the devil would collect his soul. So when he's up on the top of this mountain, just kissing all these witches, his new desires for earthly pleasures are met, and he dies on the spot. He dies right there, because his desires have changed, and they were fully met, so the bargain has been completed. So he drops dead, and his soul is taken to hell for all of eternity. And he leaves behind him just a path of of death and sadness. Right, Gretchen and her mom and her her brother and their unborn baby, or I guess their born baby, but... (laughs) Trump. their water baby yeah, yeah. Baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the price for uh for falling in league with the devil out of ambition for something beyond human means is just suffering and damnation
0: i'd like that from the the character of the devil's point of view where he's met with this man who just seems un- unslakeable like he can't be satisfied and so what he does is he changes his what he wants to something more attainable and gives it to him that's so that's very
1: clever yeah yeah it's very tricky. Yeah, Mephistopheles is very, very manipulative. In the later versions, the ones that are a little bit more forgiving, it happens a little differently. So we're still at the witch's orgy on Valpurgus Night. And Faust is, is smooching, a, smooching a witch when a rat crawls out of her mouth. And he's so, like, taken aback by that. He's so grossed out by the rat that crawls out of the witch's mouth. And he kisses and the snaps rat. Him. He kisses it. Yeah, it's an adorable <laughs> rat. And they fall in love. You now it snaps him, out of, uh, snaps him out of it. It kind of, like, brings him back to his senses. He's so shocked that he realizes, like, what am I doing? I'm up on a mountaintop having sex with a bunch of witches, um, while this girl that loved me is suffering back at home. And at the same time, he also has a vision of Gretchen waiting to be executed for her crimes. And he realizes all of his mistakes. So he turns to Mephistopheles and he says, we have to go save Gretchen. We have to get out of here. Take me to go save Gretchen. And Mephistopheles doesn't want to, of course. You know, he's trying to talk him out of it. But uh, ultimately, he's Faust's servant. He doesn't really have a choice. So Mephistopheles agrees and they hatch a jailbreak plan. Hell
0: yeah. Mephistopheles summons, cool.
1: <laughs> he summons some magic <laughs> horses. So Faust and, uh, and, and himself can ride the magic horses to Gretchen's jail cell really fast before morning breaks and she's hanged. And when they get to the jail, Mephistopheles confuses the guard. He distracts the guard so Faust can sneak in, steal the cell key, and open Gretchen's cell. Can I guess how he, how he tricked him? Yeah.
2: Uh, it's one of two things. It's either the classic r- remove your thumb trick.
1: <laughs> or or sleeping sleeping death potion. <laughs> juice. Sleeping <Yeah>. sleeping <laughs> pills, aka death pills. Yeah. yeah. There's probably one or both of those. Yeah. So he opens up Gretchen's cell, and when he does that, Gretchen refuses to escape. At first, she doesn't even recognize Faust because she's so beside herself with grief, but she comes to her senses, and even then, she refuses to leave. You know, She is thankful that Faust came back and tried to save her, but uh, she says no. She's done terrible things, and she has to pay the price for it. She's not willing to run away from her mistakes, and she's going to stay there and wait to be hanged in the morning. So Faust pleads with her and tries to get her to leave with him, but she just won't. She just refuses. And meanwhile, Mephistopheles is at the door, and he's telling Faust, like, hey, we gotta go, because other guards are coming, and if they catch us here, they're gonna hang her, and they're gonna hang you, and I'm just gonna have to leave. So he keeps telling Faust, like, let's go, let's go, like, leave her, she's doomed. And right when Mephistopheles says she's doomed... The voice of God booms down from the heavens and says, she's not doomed. She's saved. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, he puts sunglasses on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very cool move. All the terrible things that Gretchen's done, because she was willing to pay the price, because she was willing to atone for her sins, she's still going to go to heaven. And God has forgiven her. With that, Mephistopheles grabs Faust and they, they just run. They quickly escape. And Gretchen's hung in the morning. Now, years go by. Faust is basically immortal at this point because until his uh, desires are fully met, he's not going to die, right? So years and years go by. And Faust just kind of carries on and he tries to leave his past behind him. He's still hanging out with Mephistopheles all the time because the devil's his servant. And using Mephistopheles' power, Faust becomes a, a pretty rich landowner. And he has his own castle. He has his own, like, parcel of land. He has his own peasants that live on the land. He's doing pretty well for himself. And then one day... He sees some buildings that an old couple had constructed on his land. And Faust is annoyed by the buildings because he thinks they're ugly and they're in the way and he didn't approve to have them built. So he asks Mephistopheles to take care of it for him. And Mephistopheles says, you know, like, no problem. So he goes and he blows up the building and he kills the old couple that are inside of it. And at that moment, Faust is overcome. Partly because he's mad at Mephistopheles for blowing up the old people, but more because he has this revelation that he's really upset that those two old people died. You know, those two old people were his subjects. They were his peasants living on his land and he should have protected them. And he realizes that ultimately what he wants now his his biggest desire in life is just to protect his people and make their lives as good as he can. And with that revelation, he's like, that's it. That's what I want out of life. I want to protect the less fortunate. I want to help the people that are around me. And he changes his life and he decides that that's what he's going to commit himself to. And right when he makes that decision, he dies because that was his fulfillment. his His desire changed again. It was originally to find all the hidden knowledge in the world. It changed to just boning a bunch of witches. But now at the end of his life, it's protecting the people around him. and when he makes that realization, he's fulfilled and he dies. And as his soul is leaving his body, Mephistopheles is trying to claw at it to kind of grab it and make it into his uh, his own soul servant, right? But angels come down from heaven at the same time and rescue his soul. They snatch him up and they carry him up to heaven. Even though he did terrible things throughout the entirety of his life, at the end, he found virtue. And that was enough for his soul to be forgiven. It's
0: kind of a cheap move, God. Yeah. He had a deal with the devil. Like he he agreed to... Be a servant of the devil. His soul go down there. There was no agreement with God or anything like that. It said, save me if I do good. God just is like, "Uh, that one trumps. Anything (laughs) you do doesn't matter.
1: Sorry, I'm God. There's really two lessons to be learned here. One is don't make a deal with the devil. And two is don't make a bet with God, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) If you're a devil, don't make a deal with the devil if you're a person. Don't make a deal with God if you're the devil. <laughs> Good advice for anybody to live by. Yeah.
1: And that's the story of Faust. What do you guys think? It was very interesting. I liked it a lot. Do you guys want to celebrate Walpurgis Night this year? Yeah. Our options are either to burn witch effigies and pray to the saint that protects us from witchcraft or have a witch orgy, though. So which way do you want to take um, it? I'm going to go with the burning. <laughs> uh, in reality, though, if you do want to celebrate Walpurgis Night... There's a uh, tradition where all the young people have to wait until midnight mm-hmm. and then kiss each other under a cherry tree. Otherwise, they'll dry up the following year.
2: The people will? Uh-huh. Um, so here's the thing about that is I already have that let down once a year on New Year's Eve where no, yeah. where no one kisses me. It's a lot of pressure. You yeah. find a midnight kiss twice a year. Yeah, one of them's under a cherry tree. I don't even know what a cherry tree looks like. Yeah. I didn't know
0: cherries grew on trees until right now. <laughs> I think Brian <laughs> yeah. has one. Does he? in his backyard i think so we have to go over to our friend
1: brian's we house we could go kiss him yeah
2: hey kevin do you want to come hang out with me uh, under the street for a minute
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. also <laughs> absolutely how daunting is that if you don't kiss somebody under the tree you're gonna dry up what do you think that means turn to a raisin Just turn into a raisin maybe that's what happened to the california raisins <laughs> cool. all right i'm gonna wrap it up thanks for listening everybody yeah i love you i love you and i love you Was that the, to the
0: listener or is that to me you can decide Oh. (laughs) ¶¶¶¶